Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Greg WK, and with me, as always, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Craig, 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 I gotta get an idea. What, what, what's your idea? The lottery's up to $180 million. Why are we recording this podcast? Let's go! <laughs> Wait, did you say $180 million? Yes! $180 million! <laughs> All right! <laughs> yes. Today we are talking about the episode Dog of Death. Sean, when did this episode first air? March 12th, 1992. Yeah, so in this animal-focused episode, Santa's little helper is ill, and the Simpson family must make sacrifices in order to afford the surgery, which makes them grow resentful to the poor dog. So you want to know what was going on in the world? Yeah, I do. What is going on in the world around this uh, day in uh, history, Sean? So a cult classic opened up on March 6th, 1992, Lawnmower Man. Oh, 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 Lawnmower Man. That had a Super Nintendo game. So, Lawnmower Man is based on a Stephen King short story. Oh, is it? It is. Oh. Um, it stars uh, Pierce Brosnan as a scientist who puts people through virtual reality experiments. And basically, the gardener gets thrown through them. It is way ahead of its time for virtual reality. Really? Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. James Bond. Wow. That's interesting. I, uh, I didn't realize Pierce Brosnan was in Lawnmower Man. I've never seen it. Yeah, he's the scientist. Scientist character. Well, I'll be danged. Wait, does that mean that when I play the Super Nintendo version of Lawnmower Man, I when I'm playing the male character of that, I'm playing Pierce Brosnan? No, because the, the male character you're playing isn't the scientist. It's the Lawnmower Man himself, who is the gardener. Oh, was it? Yeah, I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. I don't remember the Super Nintendo game too well, but I'm pretty sure you do. Hmm, well, I'll be danged. Uh, well, that's a shame. I was hoping for another Pierce Brosnan video game. Uh, well, they can't all be golden, I Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. So, Sean, uh, I have more stuff going on in Russia, uh, which at this time is it's Russia. Russia now. <laughs> yeah, it is no longer the USSR. Uh, so, over in Moscow, Russia, twenty homosexual men and women started a hunger strike to demand legalization of male uh, male on male sex. It was legal for women. To have sex with each other, but not men. This would not become legal until 1993 in Russia. Huh. Isn't that weird? You know, I would say it's weird, but Russia still has very anti-homosexual agenda currently. Yes. Not, like, yeah. Currently. Like, it, like, yeah, even today. 2019, almost 2020. Yeah. It, it's not great. It's not great in the least. Yeah. It's very, very depressing. I. Uh, so, so you know, nowadays in, in Russia, yeah, it's very taboo still, but at least it is legal, unless they decide to change it. Hmm. Uh, Man, one of these days we're going to be bad-mouthing Russia, and they're just going to take over this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. 
it'll be like the episode where uh uh the dictator takes over the little girl's note (laughs) our our leader has been replaced by the benevolent president putin all hail president putin sincerely little girl hi but let's chat about the episode before we get assassinated. Uh, so the the episode begins, and we're seeing a commercial. And it's uh, a guy comes into his office, or his boss's office, right? So we have a weird thing about the shot. Normally when we watch TV shows in The Simpsons, there's an outline of a TV. Yeah. This one doesn't have that. It just seems like it's part of the episode. Yeah, and... And that is weird because normally you do. You see that border, which is the television, and this you don't. Uh, and so the guy comes into his office and he's like, hey, boss, I quit. And uh, he's like, because I won the lottery. And the boss is like, well, I won the lottery too. And then window washers come down, like two of them on one of those, like the, the police system yeah, ones. The like for skys- yeah, like the, the kind they have on skyscrapers, which look utterly horrifying, by the way. I would never, ever, I think, do that. You have a fear of heights? Enough. Well, not like a a, a crippling phobia. Like I, I can be somewhere tall and think like, oh wow, this is kind of scary, and and not break down or anything. But like, if you threw me on the scaffolding thing on the pulley system, you better believe I'd be crying my eyes out. I like heights. I don't know how I'd feel on that. I used to be like working in a warehouse where we had like two stories and would jump from story to story across <laughs> the aisles like Spider Man. I. Uh... But that's only two stories. I'm pretty sure I just break something if I fell. Well, it depends on how you fall. Yeah. E- even a shortfall, if you land wrong, can kill you, which is kind of scary to think about. But uh, so the the window watchers come down and they're like, we all, like we both won the lottery, and it's like, why don't you win the lottery? They have sacks of money next to them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on, on the scaffolding, they have sacks of money. The, uh, the I love that they're 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 all hyping up the fact that they're winning the lottery, but on the 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 text for the commercial it says actual odds of winning one in three hundred and eighty million. That's not bad odds. It's probably better than they actually are, right? I mean, I've played a lot of video games, mm-hmm. and I've played Earthbound. I went for the all the one in one hundred one twenty eight items. That didn't take that long, right? Lottery's um, not that hard to win, right? Um, it's magnified. It's getting the Sword of Kings and Earthbound magnified by, um, a million like point five, <laughs> one point five million or some nonsense. I. Uh, uh, so we see that uh, Homer and Barney are at Moe's Tavern, and Moe is very, very down on the lottery initially. He's like, he calls it the exploiter of the poor and ignorant, and then he he turns on a lamp that says beer is the answer. Which beer is the answer, isn't it? Um, if the question is what is the exploiter of the poor and ignorant, that then yes, it is. So there's actually a common uh, phrase that's used that is um, the lottery is basically tax for idiots yeah i mean because here's the thing like it's one thing to just like think oh the lottery's kind of high i'm gonna shell i'm gonna like pay out five dollars and maybe i'll win something like that's okay that's not a big deal but you and i both used to work at a grocery store where we, we uh sold lotto. maniacs yeah people like are like think that they can make a living off it oh yeah some people will spend like 200 dollars a day on the lottery it's ridiculous i don't know how they have that much startup cash I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because they had to have had a fair amount of startup cash to justify that much money that they're putting in and like potentially getting some back. Because I felt like a lot of people would buy some scratch offs. They then go ahead and play like the daily numbers, which are 
easier to get because it's you're guessing like three numbers, yeah, or four, or four instead of like five and a Powerball or whatever, you know, however it works or Mega Ball, whatever game you're playing. I uh, but I uh, but yeah, so I uh, did they add the Mega Player on there? <laughs> God, the mega plier. I, I, I pushed so much of that stuff out of my head. In fact, the last time I was at the uh, store, I, I told the guy, I was like, oh, I'll take like, you know, uh, I was like, five mega millions. I put down five dollars. And the guy's like, uh, you owe me five more dollars. And I was like, I beg your pardon. I don't owe you anything. And he was like, mega millions are two dollars a ticket. I was like, when did that happen? He was like, I don't know, like a year ago. <laughs> and so I had to scrape together more money for this guy because I was just like, I had five singles. And I was like, whatever. And I threw it on a table. Uh, but I, uh, so the the commercial says that it's uh, the jackpot is up to 130 million. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, Barney says that, doesn't he? Yeah, Barney says it. Yeah, he's like, you know, I heard that it's up to 130 million. And Homer spits out his drink. And he's like, 130 million. And Barney's like, oh, what? 130 million? And everybody freaks out. Which, by the way, 130 million? That's adorable. There was a time where it was a billion dollars. Well, funny you say that. Yeah. So we're about to see a scene in the Quickie Mart. Mm-hmm. And it's pandemonium. Oh, yeah. Look, everyone rushes out of Moe's uh, Tavern, and then everyone just, like, bombards the Quickie Mart. Do you know the most I ever saw us make in the lottery? Uh, how much? $2,000 in one day. It was, like, 2100 That's, I mean, I guess that's a fair amount. That's a fair amount for an entire day. Sure, sure. Not the pandemonium that's going on at the Quickie Mart. Oh, my God, Springfield. Uh, so Apu is, uh, 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 like, like people are running around his store. And he's, like, you know, like, thanking them, even though they're, like, destroying his store. Homer makes a call to Bart because uh, he needs some lottery numbers. So he asks for Bart's age, birthday, and he's like, all right, what about your sister's birthday? And then we don't hear anything. And he goes, what kind of brother are you? You don't know your own sister's birthday? <laughs> oh, he's such a bad dad. I, I, son, so, oh, yeah? I got a story on that. Oh, yeah? So one time my dad called my mother to wish her a happy birthday. Uh-huh. And got off the phone. Mm-hmm. Why that's weird for those of our listeners out there, is I have the same fucking birthday as my mother. <laughs> he did not wish me a birthday until much later in the day when he realized he had forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it happened to me. That's, that's pretty great. That's, I mean, it's not funny, but it is. It's one of those things. So uh, Apu and Sanjay are behind the counter. Sanjay is Apu's... Do we ever find out what his relation to Sanjay is? Is it his, uh, like, friend or brother? I thought Sanjay was his brother. That could be. I mean, I guess it could be cousin. I, I don't know if they ever really say. Uh, and so Sanjay, anyway, uh, gets a bulletproof vest on, and he tells Apu, he's like, if I don't make, because he's making a bank run, he's like, if I don't make it. Brother. Oh, it is his brother. Okay. Uh, he says, if I don't make it, please don't sweet, sleep with my wife. Uh, or promise me you won't sleep with my wife. It's Apu goes, I promise nothing. <laughs> Apu is, it's funny because sometimes Apu is really depicted as a really nice guy. And other times he's kind of a womanizer and a scumbag. Like he uh, uh, hooked up with uh, uh, Shauna Tifton. Yeah, uh, earlier when Homer had a job there. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And so like, you know. He's just sort of 
kind of a philanderer when it comes to women, kind of just, you know, dates around, which He's is fine. I mean, in the sense that he would hook up with his his brother's wife, yeah, that'd be real bad. Uh, but anyway. I just like to call womanizers lie. <laughs> I really do. Am I a louse? Mm, that's depressing Roger to find Smith, out. Smith, you're a louse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the big O. Deep cut. So, uh, Homer gets home, and he's like, like, Marge, I think, I have a feeling that we are going to win the lottery. And she's like, but we never win. He's like, I know you're excited, but calm down and listen to me carefully. And he's like, take all of your money. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Marge says that, you know, you know, she she only plays like the the one lotto a week or whatever. The, yeah. the the girls from the hair salon or whatever. Uh who who would that be? Um we see them in the episode where Marge becomes a cop. It's Carvapel, Agnes. Oh, is it kind of the same group that she would eventually do it, the businesses with? Of, I um I think it might have been Lovejoy. She I I Cuz remember she pulls the gun when the chair goes down. Oh yeah. Uh there's also an episode where she gets her hair done and talks with Mrs. Glick. Oh yeah. Uh which was uh That's earlier. before Mrs. Glick got thrown in the home, though. Yes, it was. <laughs> Poor Mrs. Glick. Uh so I uh, you know, so so Marge is like, you know, telling telling Homer, uh, uh oh, I'm sorry, no, before that, uh uh, Kent Brockman is talking, and uh, he he uh, talks about how the the lottery was taken out at the uh, uh, at the Springfield Library. Yeah, the every Springfield. copy of the library lottery was checked out. And uh, <laughs> and so he he's he's like you know like inside the book you know you 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 won't actually find any you know tips on winning the lottery. It's actually a short story of like you know like uh, 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 conformism gone you know like mad or whatever. And Homer's like oh, and he just hucks the book that he got, and it's the lottery, and it just goes flying into the fire. I. Uh, the Lottery uh, is by Shirley Jackson. Uh, it's a short story, first published in The New Yorker in 1948. And though people initially hated it, it's now hailed as one of the most famous short stories in American literature. Yeah, almost every high school has it on their um, curriculum. Really? I don't remember reading it when we were in high school. Really? I read it in um, Frau's class and her English class. I didn't have her for English, so maybe that's why? It's one of those few stories that I actually like because I have a dark sense of humor. <laughs> it, it is. It's very good. It's it's pretty twisted though. Like uh, the lottery and a rose for Emily were the two stories in high school that I liked. <laughs> what was the rose for Emily? I don't remember that. That's the one where some lady's like husband has passed away, and then you find out she's like kept his body and been sleeping with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, don't don't, don't give that look for <laughs> Emily. She was in love. <laughs> Love is love and transcends death. <laughs> I, uh, I also feel bad that in the one of the uh, Kent Brockman's you know segments here, uh, we see the guy come out with a wheelbarrow full of lottery tickets. The wind comes up and he takes away. And he yells all sad, and depressed. I, uh, and so I, uh, you know, Homer tosses the book in the fireplace, and I, uh, I. Uh, What's the lottery going to fund? Because Kent Brockman lets us know what it's going to fund. Yes, it does. It's going to go to our underfunded public school systems, and uh, we it cuts to Skinner in the uh, uh, the, uh, the the teachers' lounge, and he says that uh, uh, they'll be able to have books that uh, like know how the Korean War came out. <laughs> 
So I uh, his time in Nam is nothing in school. <laughs> it, it, no, it does not exist. Uh, by the way, the fighting ended. Uh, well, the Korean War is interesting because uh, technically it's still going. Yeah, technically it is. It is. There's never a, a peace treaty signed. Uh, there was only like a ceasefire sign, and the uh, but the fighting ended on July 27, 1953. So those books are as old as or older than 1953. Uh, he also says that there won't be any of that base six crap. Uh, so, uh, that's a thing. I don't understand it. I looked up an article online, and I said, there is no way in hell I'm going to sit here and read this, and I decided against it. So, if you're interested, you can search that out, but I don't care enough. And he wants one more thing, and it's my favorite thing that he wants. A detention center where children are held in place with magnets. So, can you name the movie that, that they do that? Where they have a prison where people are held down by magnets? Oh. It's a 90s action film. Uh, I don't know. Is it a Schwarzenegger film? It is not. Mm, who? What is it? It's the Rage Cage himself. Oh God! Face off. No. I <laughs> uh, shout out to Last Action Podcast. Sean was a uh, guest star. I was uh, guest star on that episode of Face yeah, Off. So I, I love that horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> so they're held in place with magnets, and they're the same boots that they used in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wait, really? Yeah, those are the boots they used to keep them magnetically locked down in prison. But you learn more about that if you listen to that podcast. Ooh. I. Uh, yeah, make sure to listen to that. It was a very good episode. I uh, I forgot. Yeah, you do bring that up in the episode, don't you? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> uh, Actually, I don't think I brought it up. Oh, somebody else did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why it, it yeah. Because I'm the only person that matters to Craig. Yeah, that, that is that's true. That's how it is. None of you matter. <laughs> so, I. Uh, I. Uh, the. I. Uh, Oh, oh, by the way, was this a uh, uh, a newspaper flash? So I, I have it written in my notes. It says, President Rockstar to Swap Wives. Is that uh, uh, a newspaper I saw flashing by? Possibly, or you were having a fever dream? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I need to go back into that. <laughs> I have a note that says, President Rockstar to Swap Wives. Uh, I mean, the television star president might do that? I, uh, I'm gonna have to look that up later. I'm very sure that there, there is, uh, huh? I mean, if anyone's gonna do that, it's Bill Clinton, but he's not president yet. R- really, you don't think Trump, the guy and his third wife, would do that? Oh, I meant at the time. Oh, okay, at the time. At the time, yes, at the time. I don't think George Bush would have. George Bush Jr. No, no, Senior. not even. I. <laughs> uh, so I. Uh, we also see that the dog doesn't seem to be doing very well. Santa's little helper is sort of like wandering around and kind of ill. In fact, I think uh, Homer yells down in front when the dog is in front of the TV and then just goes and like like falls flat to the ground. Uh, Also, we find out that Homer spent $50 on Lotto, which is a lot of money. But like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really boost your odds that much. No, Homer says his odds become um. Not no longer one in 100, 380 million. They're 50 in 380 million. <laughs> That's not how odds work, Homer. Every single one of those tickets is one in 380 million. Yes, that that's the the tricky part with lotto is like even when you get a lottery ticket that's like you know one in four win or something or like one in twenty win and you think like oh well if I buy a, a, quite a few I'm gonna get it but like each one of those tickets have a one in twenty chance and odds. Aren't like don't be wrong. Your odds go up for buying multiple tickets, but not really at that same rate. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know statistics very well. 
Uh, but uh, but as far as that goes, yeah, I know that it's certainly not 50 and 380 million. It's quite a bit worse than that. Uh, Homer asks the uh, the kids, though. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, what are you kids going to do with your share of the money? And Bart's like, put it in the bank. And Lisa's like, give it to the poor. And Homer's like, what do kids know? Uh, and so Homer has all these delusions about how, what he's going to do with his money, which we'll chat about later in the episode, of course. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as that goes, I, 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 you know, Homer is is, you know, like sitting around and or Homer and the family because we have Grandpa Simpson uh, as well as Marge and all the kids sitting there. And uh, they start going through the number, and uh, also we find out that Krusty and Mel uh, are are betting, or, or I'm sorry, playing the lottery. And so they're like, like Mel, this is our chance to get out of here. He's like, we'll be with you in a moment, kids. The police officers are all betting. Oh yeah, it's... somebody calls them with an emergency, <laughs> and they say, no, you've got a nine one two, which is the correct number to call in case of an emergency. Oh. That's how you, when you become a stonecutter, they let you know that. Uh, so uh, Homer uh, is is pretty belligerent here, but uh, they go through the numbers. And do you have the numbers uh, listed? I do not. Uh, if you're looking for lucky numbers, everybody, I got them here. 17, 3, 26, 41, 38, 49. And who wins? Ken, Ken Brockman. <laughs> The guy who's already probably decently, you know... Yeah, he, he is decently rich because we learned that his um, job pays him $500,000 a year. Oh, yeah, that's right. His annual salary is $500,000. That's, that's right. We did find that out. Yeah, so he's already pretty loaded, and he wins, and, uh, uh, you know, Homer freaks out, which we'll chat about later in the episode as well, but I... Uh, uh, so we... we uh, uh, but also have Kent Brockman though, and he's like, he's like, ah, mix up in Cleveland, many people killed. Goodbye, and he just bolts. And Marge is like, well, at least we have each other. We're okay, yada yada. And then they hear a slumping sound, and Grandpa walks up, and he's and he's like, the dog's dead. And it cuts to commercial. Yeah, it does. And we're led to believe the dog has died. It cuts back, and I, uh, you know, I think it's Bart. It's like Grandpa. He's not dead. He's breathing. And Lisa yeah, uh, looks at it, which I think is kind of a funny meta joke. It's like it's not fair to toy with people's emotions like that. <laughs> and Grandpa's like, he is dead. I'll get the shovel. And why does Grandpa want death so bad? Because he sees death everywhere <laughs> he goes. Ah, death. <laughs> And so, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm tired of having this conversation. Oh, or what does he say? He's something like uh, the effect of like, oh, if grandpa says he's dead, he must be alive. And uh, he's like, I'm tired of this. I'm going home. Did grandpa drive there? I don't know. Did grandpa get dropped off in one of them like senior buses and he needs to get, like wait outside till he gets picked up? That could be. Or is he just waiting in their driveway? Oh. <laughs> That's probably the most likely. That's sad. Yes, it is. Uh, and so I... So I need to state mm -hmm. something before yeah. we go on with this episode. Mm -hmm. I lose interest in this episode as soon as this moment hits. 
it, it is the plot of the episode, but the lottery is the fun part to me. And- the, the lottery has the most, the, like the best jokes of the episode. The The rest of the episode is not a bad episode. It, it's not like it's it doesn't have some good lines and there's some funny moments. But yeah, the, the, the sort of like setup plot was so strong. It went from like a 10 to like a 7. Yeah, like maybe even 6.5 for yeah. some of it, you know? It, it's not it's not bad. It's just that initial setup is so good. And we, I don't think we ever have another episode like this where the initial setup is gold and the rest is not very good. Like, I can't think of another episode that's like that. I can't either. Nothing comes to mind. Uh, so the dog's ill. And so they take him to the the uh, veterinary you know uh, hospital, and uh, we see that there is a uh, a vet, and this is going to be a character that we see you know a few times moving forward. And he's uh, 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 tries to save this hamster, and he's like you know giving it the 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 like you know the shock uh, thing where it's like clear, you know what is that called? Defibul- defibrillator. Defibrillator. That's right. And unfortunately, he is unable to save it. And I appreciate the little 90s trash can with the hoop on it. And he just goes, ah, this is the hardest part. And just goes, huh, and he like hucks the thing across the room and hits the wall and lands in the trash. It is so twisted. <laughs> Some kid's hamster <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> and I love it. And Homer walks in and in a rare moment of empathy, he's like, you did the best you could. And uh, he's like, ah. He's like, I love animals so much, and they can never thank me. Well, the owners can. All right, let's see your dog. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, they uh, he tells the the Simpsons that uh, Santa's little helper has a twisted stomach, which is pretty common among certain breeds. Like yeah. this is something that happens to to you know quite a few dogs out there, uh, and it's going to be seven hundred and fifty dollars. Nineties money. Nowadays, it's two thousand five hundred to five thousand dollars, which has gone up considerably. Because with inflation, that would be what, uh, like a thousand five hundred, roughly. Yeah, give or take. Uh, I, I feel like this in this stage of the nineties, you can pretty much double it to today, and that's about inflation. Not exactly, of course, but pretty close. Uh, and so Homer and Marge are like, well. We'll go home and talk about it. And Bart's like, uh, what? Why aren't we doing the procedure? And as they walk out, Krusty needs uh, more nicotine gum for uh, Mr. Teeny. Mr. Teeny has a smoking problem. Yes, he does. Bart is very confused. But Homer is going to tell them about the most wonderful place in the world, Doggy Heaven. Doggy heaven is great. There's piles of bones everywhere. You can't turn around without sniffing another dog's butt. And uh, uh, all the the good dogs are there, like old Yeller, uh, eight of the lassies. Uh, You know, it's pretty nice. But if there's a doggy heaven, is there a doggy hell? Well, sure. I mean, can't have a heaven without hell. Who's there? Hitler's dog. uh, Nixon's dog. Was it Chester? Checkers. Right. And one of the lassies is there. The mean one. The one that mauled Timmy. And I love in the background, Lisa is not buying this shit. No, Lisa's pissed. <laughs> Lisa is so pissed. And poor, poor gullible Bart is just buying it hook, line, and sinker. And he's like, 
I don't understand. He's like, why are we talking about this? And poor Lisa's just like shaking her head in the background. I will say, this is one of those moments of the episode I love. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, he tells tells Bart and, you know, about doggy heaven and that, you know, that's a lot of money. And Marge is trying to tell Bart, too, that, like, it's just they can't, you know, they can't really afford it. And they're like, you know, we know you're upset. And he's like, darn right I'm upset. And Marge's like, Bart, watch your language. Oh, you did. I love that line <laughs> so much. It gets me every single time. I, I really enjoy it. And so I, you know, Bart storms off with the dog or uh, without the dog. He's upset. He runs away. And he's like, and Homer's like, well, he's like, you know what? We'll just get him a new dog. One with an untwistable stomach. <laughs> And the dog lays his head in Homer's lap. And he gives these sad puppy dog eyes. They draw this really well. I gotta they, give them that. They really do. And Homer's like, listen, we can't afford it. I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. And the dog's like, mm. and he's like, oh, all right. Lousy, manipulative dog. And so they're going to do the surgery. I... Uh, so, uh, next, uh, we have what, uh, uh, oh, it's, uh, Homer goes into the office. He goes in to talk to Mr. Burns. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and we also see, uh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but, uh, uh, Homer's like, you know, Mr. Burns, you know, I'm hoping I can borrow some money. And like Burns' finger goes to the security button. And he's like, I know you're a good man. And he pulls this finger back for a split <laughs> second. And he's like, and I have a very sick dog. And it's just click, 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 click. And he starts hitting the button. He's like, oh, yes, do go on. And Crusher and Loblo come out. And I think it's their maybe first appearance. Have Crusher and Loblo appeared before? Maybe they have in background, like background characters I or something. I feel like they've already appeared. Maybe they have already appeared. Uh, I, they've certainly not been named yet because that comes in season four. But uh, Crusher and Lobelow come in and Homer's like, oh, all right. Well, thanks anyway. And he gets dragged out. And Burns is like, what Like what? Kind, or, uh, what possesses a man to endanger his job, nay, even his life, <laughs> in asking for me for money? And Smithers tries to pitch to him. He's like, well, people, people like love dogs, yeah. sir. He's like, nonsense. Dogs are idiots. If I let, Let's face it. If I came into your place and started, like, slobbering all over your face and sniff, sniffing your crotch, what would you say? If you did it, sir. That's right. You'd be fit to be tied. <laughs> yeah. Once again, another solid line in the episode. Marge comes into the uh, the den, and uh, Homer's reading a book, and she's just like, no. And he's reading canine <laughs> surgery. And he's like, it looks so easy, like carving a turkey. And, and Marge puts up a fuss, and he thinks about it, and it cuts to a Thanksgiving. And we know it isn't their last Thanksgiving, because uh, that one was much more awkward. Bart Rude that one. Yes, but the one perhaps previous to that uh homer has an electric knife and turkey is like flying everywhere as he's like gutting this thing and he goes maybe you're right marge and then he hooks the uh uh the book into the fireplace and we see a few different books yep i've got the list of books right here by all means so we have fatherhood by bill cosby which he threw in the fire previously <laughs> uh-huh well actually did he actually throw fatherhood in the fire Oh, I don't think he did actually yeah this one but we now know we the now fate know of that he book threw it in the fire he knew about cosby well, who didn't? He thought Cosby was on the same level as Trump and Arnold Palmer. <laughs> All right, fair point. There's also a copy of the lottery that he burned earlier. Uh-huh. Canine surgery. 
and my favorite one, Fahrenheit 451, is in there. <laughs> Do you? Uh, can you uh, let our listeners know a little bit about that book? So Fahrenheit 451 is a classic literature story about basically book burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's about the breakdown of society and how if you take away information, you'll be able to control them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's being burned. Books burn at Fahrenheit 451. That's the, that's the joke of the title. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, Marge comes into the kitchen and they have made the declaration that they are going to have the surgery. And, and Bart and Lisa are super excited. And she says, you know, I, I figured out a way to, to budget things and make sure that, you know, we can do this. And Homer's like, is it an insurance scam? And she's like, no. no. Homer's upset, but he is willing to give up beer. Well, he's not really willing to give up beer because he's got an alternate plan. <laughs> well, we'll get to his alternate plan. Bart is going to have to go to the barber college for his haircuts. Uh, Marge is going to give up her lotto game, which is a dollar a week. That seems like a weird thing to give up, right? Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, their fried chicken night is replaced with organ meat night. Mm. Ham night is replaced with spam night. And pork chops are being replaced with chub. Mmm, chub. <laughs> Homer's like, I don't even know what chub is. Uh, so chub is, in the food world, is a, a packaging phrase. Chub is also a kind of fish. I think they just made up a word that sounded unappealing for this. I don't think there's any necessarily like a similar thing. Well, we see Chub Night and they're just basically eating vegetables. Yeah. And I don't really, I, I think they just didn't know what to animate there. That could be. Or they had already eaten the Chub off the plate. I have no idea. I. Uh, oh, and Lisa had to give up uh, her encyclopedia uh, 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 she was getting from the grocery store. And next is uh, uh, Copernicus through Elephantitis. I uh, also uh, Maggie's going to have to make her clothes last longer. She flexes uh, the clothing rips at that exact moment. And Maggie's kind of ripped. Maggie's jacked, yo. What's <laughs> that is. baby doing? But you know what, Sean, you mentioned it. Uh, Homer has an alternate plan. What is that alternate plan? They're going to travel around as a family of traveling acrobats. <laughs> I love that they don't respond. They just stare at Homer. <laughs> and like that's how the scene ends. I. Uh, at the uh, vet's clinic, though, uh, they're waiting around for the surgery, and uh, the door opens, and oh, the nurse comes up to Mr. Danielson, and she's like, "Mr. Danielson, your gamecock is gonna like you know make it, but I'm afraid he'll never fight again." And he's like, "You'll see, you'll all see, he'll fight and he'll win." <laughs> it's weird that they fixed a gamecock and didn't take it away from him. <laughs> it's Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> so, I. Uh, uh, otherwise, maybe maybe cockfighting is legal in Springfield? Well, I mean, it's against the law in Springfield to put squirrels down your pants and bet on it. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive, though, right? Like, they could have that be illegal, but not uh, cockfighting, right? I don't know. They seem like they'd be governed under the same laws. I mean, probably. I, uh, but I, I... Uh, Santa's little helper is kind of starts to fade during the surgery. And uh, uh, we have Santa's little helper running towards the light. And you hear the voice of God who's like, come to the light, boy. Come on. That's a good boy. And he gets right to the doggy door of the, the gates of uh, St. Peter. Peter. I always, always want to say Peterburg, but that's 
Russian city. Yeah, anyway. Quit trying to get us taken over by the <laughs> Russians, Craig. <laughs> Whoops. My plan was almost seen through. And uh, I, I, we, we see that the vet is actually giving uh, uh, Sandals Little Helper uh, uh, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And he pulls through. And uh, the vet says, it's time like this. I fl- I'm glad I flunked out of dental school. Which, is, is that a low blow to veterinarians? Because, like, I I'm, I'm can't imagine dental school is, like, that much more difficult than knowing every animal's body ever. I don't know the difference in schooling between the two of them. One is teeth and the other is animals, Sean. Oh. <laughs> but the vets deal with the animal teeth, too. Oh. So veterinarians would have it harder than den- dentists is what you're saying? We're gonna, Noiseland Arcade is going out in the line and saying, you know what? If you're a dentist, you're a lazy veterinarian. That's what you are. <laughs> Maybe that's why suicide rates are so high in dental fields. Are they? Yeah, it's actually one of the highest suicide professions. Really? Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's because everyone hates you. It could be because everybody hates you. It, <laughs> it might be because something actually is rotting away at your brain. Kind of like mercury, but we don't know it yet. Oh, that's depressing to think about. Yeah, I think air traffic controller is actually the highest suicide rate of any job, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's also depressing to think about. Uh, shout out to everybody listening. Uh, I, you know, just dial the suicide prevention line if you need anything. Anytime. They'll be happy to help you. I, uh, but anyway, the, uh, uh, time, time, some time passes and the family is having chub night. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Homer's like, why does the dog get meat? And she's like, oh, Homer, you don't want what he's having. It's mostly like snouts and entrails. And Homer's like, mmm, snouts. And uh, sure enough, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Sean, uh, while they're watching the news, uh, Ken Brockman says that he would not quit his $500,000 a year job just because he won the lottery. He's like the man of the people. Okay, so I did a little looking up on this. Uh-huh. Uh, the suicides in dentals is actually very high in women, but not so much in men. Oh. Very weird. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, the highest uh, suicide rate for men is construction. Oh, the construction field. Yeah. Huh. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a very taxing job. I mean, not only mentally, I'm sure, too, but like even, you know, certainly physically. Well, I, I can see that because it's got that like toxic attitude to it uh, towards mental health being in the construction field. So no one really is reaching out to help you. Yeah, there's definitely that, too, for sure. Hmm. Depressing subject. Uh, it's number two for women. Uh, I, so ugh, depressing. I, but no, so I, I, I also looked it up. Uh, most anchormen, uh, anchor people. Uh, make 33k to 132k. Uh, so I can't imagine Springfield is really getting him 500k a year. Uh, maybe he's just siphoning money off of like all the other like people because there's hardly anyone else that works at that station. Well, he's not just an anchorman because he does like host like their like their local shows. He's got um things oh, like yeah. um Ion Springfield. That's true. So he does do a lot of other stuff. So it must be all just a part of one big contract, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it's kind of like um, kind of like the people who do like Dateline and they do other shows yeah, and things like that. That could be for sure. Uh, 
And so while they're watching it, though, Homer's like, you know, like, he may have all that money, but there's one thing he can't buy. Whoa, what's that? Uh, dinosaur. <laughs> At least not for two more years till Jurassic Park comes out. Oh, yeah. Wish I could afford a dinosaur if I had the lottery. We should talk sometime about what we would spend our money on for the lottery. Oh, I'd spend it on stupid things. Oh, we'll have to have a discussion about that at some point. Perhaps on Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com slash media in order to get that episode uh, starting the day after this one. Uh, yeah, it should uh, go up the day after yeah. this one where we yeah. talk about what we can do if we want the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. So, uh, I... We also see uh, during Kent Brockman's uh, story that uh, uh, the underfunded public schools uh, uh, finally have gotten uh, the the money from the the lotto. Yeah, they got something back. A brand new eraser. Skinner uh, served for three. Uh, uh, what did he say? Is it uh, uh, three years? He looks like he's about to say three years in Nam before they cut him off. Oh, that's right. And because uh, he's used to his country um, disrespecting him, he was in Nam. <laughs> oh yes. And so I'm wondering if it's maybe tours of duty. Uh, those last a half a year to four years, and Vietnam War lasted 19 years. Yeah, but he was also a POW, so we don't know. Well, that's why I mean, like, yeah. so he would have been there a lot longer than just three years, unless it's like three years served, but also a bunch of years as, as a, a POW. POW. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it went from uh, Vietnam War went from fifty five to seventy three, nearly twenty years, which is not that long considering more recent wars, but <clears throat> uh, that are it's still going. They're actually uh, the same time period now. Is it nineteen? It'd be eighteen years. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, we've been over fighting the war on freedom for as long as the <laughs> Vietnam War. Weird of thought. Oh, goody. Uh, also, uh, there's a 40K jackpot, and uh, Kent Brockman makes a, a slight about how, you know, like, oh, it's not, you know, what he had, but. Uh, and the numbers are 3, 6, 17, 18, 22, and 29. And Marge freaks out because those are the numbers that she and the the uh, the other uh, ladies from the uh, hair salon play every week. And then immediately Maggie's clothes like rip right off her. I I still don't really know who would have said, "Oh, a dollar a week is way too much." Marge has to cut something somewhere. That's true, uh, I, I suppose. But she's also cutting off all like a bunch of the food. Ah, whatever. So uh, it cuts to uh, uh, Lisa in class, and uh, Miss Hoover is like, "All right, kids, like you know, uh, uh, the next book or next report you have to do is on Copernicus." And she's like, "No." Uh, and then Homer is at Moe's Tavern, dancing for twenty-five cents, singing "Buffalo Gals," uh, which is a song from eighteen forty-four. I thought it was a song from Cow and Chicken from that episode that got pulled. Um, well, I guess that too. But originally from 1844. Oh, good. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the guys that are forcing him to sing and dance and, and you know, like, <laughs> make a fool of himself. Like, fling the quarter and Homer goes running after it. And, like, this one of the dudes. And it's not any of the, the bar flies. It's, like, this random guy. He's like, who's this old rummy? And Moe is like, before, uh, before that man's like dog got sick, that rummy was my best customer. And then Bart's at the barber school. 
getting his hair cut by some student. And he goes, and like you hear this, like, and he goes, Mr. Laswell, it's not, I've done it again. Poor Bart. Poor Bart, indeed. But do you know who I feel worse for? Santa's little helper. So it cuts in, and uh, the entire family is just ignoring the dog. They're in bad moods. Uh, uh, Homer, I think, says like something to the effect of, like, you're a lousy dog, and I hate you. Marge is sewing. Lisa found a Copernicus biography at a bus station. And even Bart is like, dumb dog. And he's pretty sad. That night, we have uh, uh, Marge and, and Homer getting into bed. This is another great line. Uh, Marge is like, Homer, did you close the gate? And he's like, yes. And you hear, boom, 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 outside. And he goes, oh, you mean tonight. <laughs> and then they all pass the buck to each other. Homer's like, Bart, close the gate. Bart's like, Lisa, close the gate. Lisa's like, Maggie, close the gate. I blame Lisa for this scenario, by the way. I blame Maggie. She's a lazy baby. Also, here's my question She's about ripped. Maggie. She could have done it. What? Here's my question about Maggie, because I don't understand this. Why is she sleeping in a dice bag? <laughs> Why is she in a dice bag? Oh, man. So she is in a Crown Royal bag. And for those who aren't into Dungeons and Dragons, you don't quite get it. Uh, Crown Royal bags make amazing dice bags for your uh, fancy little Dungeons and Dragons dice. You're not a D&D player unless you've had dice in a Crown Royal bag at some point in your life. That is very true. I don't know why that's true, but that is absolutely true. Honestly, you go on any D&D page on the internet and somebody will tell a story about a Crown Royal bag. <laughs> and like, because Crown Royal, is, like in alcohol in general, has gotten so big and prevalent and like they have so many different varieties, you know, to, to appeal to like a large mass, large masses. Uh, different Crown Royal flavors have different colored bags. Yes, you you get all sorts of dice bags. So you get, like, of course, the original purple. There's, like, green. There's blue. There's gold. There's a whole bunch. It's wonderfully charming. How many dice bags do we have that are Crown Royal bags? Uh, Our buddy Tank ended up getting a hold of, like, a few. And so, like, we have, like, five or six Crown Royal bags, if you count tanks. That's awesome. All our D10s are in a Crown Royal bag. Ah, D&D. Oh, make sure to listen to Noobs and Dragons, uh, my podcast on D&D. Anyway, so uh, the next morning, they're looking for the dog. They can't find him. And on the horizon, Homer's like, wait, there he is. No, that's a horse. Is this? What a stupid line. Listen, a lot of people, when they have horses, will just let them roam free throughout the streets. And then they'll nestle in between some cars at night. So, I mean, it's it's standard, right? No? Oh. oh, never mind then. Sorry. So we find out what Santa's Little Helper is doing. And I I really enjoy this segment, not because it's especially funny uh, or anything, but uh, one of my favorite songs gets played here. Peter and the Wolf by Sergei uh, uh, Prokofiev. Uh, it was composed in 1936. It's essentially a fairy tale about a little boy who, who goes into the woods and each uh, animal companion he gets has like a different instrument that plays while the, the song goes. And the theme of Peter and the Wolf is is wonderful. I love it. Uh, there was a Disney movie uh, that did it. Uh, do you remember that one? I don't actually. Yeah, there's a Disney uh, cartoon. Uh, it's not like a full movie. But it's a Disney cartoon uh, that is Peter and the Wolf, and it's great. I loved it when I was younger. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus right now or not. I know not all of their old stuff is available yet. So Santa's Little Helper's Little Journey is actually a reference to the film The Incredible Journey. 
Ah, what is it? Yep. Which is a Walt Disney film. So funny enough that you brought that up. It's uh, a live action Walt Disney film from 1963. I wonder if they pulled Peter and the Wolf's theme because of the fact that uh, uh, it was another Disney like song, but they could use it because it's like, uh, I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, it was available for the public to use. By the, huh. way, uh, the Incredible Journey yeah. stars Sin Cat who was also the same cat in That Darn Cat from 1965. My sister rented that a bunch. The Incredible Journey she rented before, but I don't remember that as well. She also rented, like, uh, uh, she was super into Homeward Bound, uh, which I don't even know if that's out yet in the 90s at this point. I think it is. Maybe? I thought it was a 90s movie. Maybe it was uh, uh, early 90s or even late 80s. I thought it was a little later. Uh, But she also rented uh, Charlie the Friendly Cougar. It's not out yet. Really? 1993. Okay. It'll be next year. Oh, man. We're going to have to make special mention of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll, that'll show up on my pop culture. It was an important movie to my sister. It, uh, it had Michael J. Fox and Sally Field in it. Come on, man. It's a great movie. Did it have Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so Santa's little helper uh, 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 rides a river. He fights a grizzly bear. He goes to Schwartz County. To save a baby from a burning building, uh, which we'll later find out uh, that's just one of the counties around Springfield because there's also Lickspittle County. Ah, Lickspittle. Uh, and then there's Schwartz County, which is separate. Uh, so Springfield doesn't seem to be a part of them. Or maybe it is. Maybe Springfield's in Schwartz County? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't think Springfield ever tells us what county it's in. I don't believe so, no. Uh, Santa's little helper saves a baby from a burning building, chases a cat, uh, and then gets caught by a dog catcher. Uh, and so at home, uh, the the family is trying to find, you know, a picture to use. And they're like, Mom, did you find a photo yet? And, uh, you know, for the wanted or uh, the, the lost dog sign. And Marge is like, not what I want the public to see. And we see, like, Homer kicking the dog, strangling it. Uh, he's being bit by it. Uh, he's being buried by it. And then, like, they're boxing. The boxing photo is great. <laughs> However... Over at the uh, crossroads of Croesus and Mammon. It's such great streets. They're always the same. I love it. Uh, Flanders has uh, come to uh, Mr. Burns' residence to talk about recycling. Did you see what shoes he's wearing? Hell yeah, I did. I got a note on that. He's got his assassins on. Yeah, he does. And it's a good thing he's wearing his running shoes. Because Burns has the hounds released. Which, funny note about those assassins. you remember what episode they showed up in? Uh, it was the, uh, oh shoot, what one was that? Uh, it was the one where, uh, uh, oh, it's the Bart's dog. dog gets an F, the yeah. other dog episode. Oh, wow, there's a few references, because there's another one coming up here yeah. soon. Interesting. Huh. So, uh, while the dogs chase Flanders away, uh, Burns is like, what's wrong with Crippler? And, uh... Smithers admits that the dog has been there since the 60s? Yeah, 69. He caught his first hippie. That'd be, that dog would be in his 30s. That dog would be dead. Oh, yeah. Super dead. Well, 69 wouldn't be in his 30s. It'd be like 22 at this point. I mean, that's still probably... 23, but yeah, the, the still, dog is dead. Yeah, the dog's absolutely dead. That is a zombie dog if ever I heard one. Cerebus. <laughs> They're called Cerebus, Kirk. <laughs> oh. Uh, but, uh, so... I. Uh, you know, Burns goes to the dog shelter, and he wants to find a dog that loves the gamey tang of human flesh. And he finds one. 
One with a firm, proud buttocks. Reminds him of himself. Yeah. Which is a little weird. I wish Smithers would have said a line about that. <laughs> that would have been a good opportunity. I wonder if they would have had a joke and they cut it for time or something. They could have. Uh, so, uh, over, put over the uh, poster of Skinner being missing, which is a reference from, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bart the murderer. Bart the murderer. Uh, we have uh, Homer is using a uh, was like a nail gun, but it's like taping as well. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and then Homer puts a bunch of signs up on a wall, and he's like, "Done and done." And then the building gets torn down for demolition, which is kind of cartoony. It's cartoony, but also I'm kind of let down at the dough we get from Dan Castellaneta. It doesn't seem like it has the gravity of the scenario of him wasting all that time because it's just kind of a dough. Yeah, it's a little a little flat. I feel like that scene is is kind of funny, but like I, it's almost more of like something you'd get out of like I don't know, like Looney Tunes or something. Yeah, it's very Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's very wacky. Which we get some Looney Tunes things, like when he gets the trimopoline. <laughs> trimopoline. And he throws it off the cliffside. Please, no more soiled mattresses. I uh, so. I, uh, uh, Burns and Smithers are trying to train Santa's little helper, and Skinner or Skinner, I'm sorry, uh, Smithers is in a like one of those dog training suits where they can like you know you can like get bit and you not feel it, but he has like the, he has a Girl Scout uniform yeah, over it. He has like the sash and stuff, and he's like, want to buy some cookies? Want to buy some cookies? And Santa's little helper is like kiss, you know licking him and stuff, and Burns is like, if that was a real Girl Scout, I'd have been bothered by now. And uh, somehow Lisa gets conscripted into going to Barney's apartment. Yeah, I don't get that one. That's really weird because I feel like I would be uncomfortable. To, and I mean, obviously, Homer trusts Barney, but I feel like Marge would probably be like, why are we sending our little girl to your alcoholic friend's apartment? So the only thing I could think mm -hmm. is maybe Marge thinks that's the safest place for Lisa to go and ask people because it's across the street from the police station. Oh, it is. So maybe she's just asking everybody in that area. That could be. That could be. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's like, you know, uh, like, you know, asking about her dog. And uh, Barney's like, oh, I know how it feels. I lost my dog, too. And then he, oh, the screen opens up and he's like, it's in here somewhere. And we just hear, ooh. <laughs> the dog is like trapped somewhere in the junk piles of Barney's place. And, uh. What happens next is probably one of the scenes that makes me laugh the most. And so even though the the majority of this plot of the, their dog going missing to me is a little falls a little flat, this scene always makes me laugh hysterically. And that is the dog done up in the uh, clockwork orange oh, uh, setup <laughs> being forced to watch video a video where they play the song Hallelujah. Over the images of kittens, dog houses being crushed by tanks, and like, you know, atom bombs going off, and like dogs getting hit with newspapers, Lyndon B. Johnson holding up a dog by its ears, which actually happened. Uh, that was, uh, he got a lot of flack from animal rights activists for doing that. There's a photo of him holding his dog by the ears, mm. which is really in line with Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, interesting enough, the senator we see in Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington, the one who, like, the guy calls up, he's like, a little girl is losing his, her faith in democracy. And the guy's like, good Lord. Lord. That man is in the background of that image uh, 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 with uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. 
How old is that senator? You know who's not there, though? Uh, who's that? The person from the UN who looks like Agnes with a mustache. <laughs> so uh, I don't think Sean and I talked about it before, but in the Halloween special uh, uh, from this year, Treehouse of Horror 2, uh, there is a uh, in the UN when uh, uh, I think it's uh, uh, England and uh, Argentina are yeah, making peace. About the yeah, they're making peace. Uh, there is a senator that looks like Agnes, uh, Agnes Skinner with a mustache. Craig pulled up that image, and I probably laughed for a half an hour straight. So, <laughs> go, so go look it up. Go watch that episode again and watch that scene. It's pretty great. She wasn't in those photos. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been pretty good, though, if she was. Uh, so, uh, back at home, Homer starts to break down. He's like, that's where he took a whiz. That's his little water dish. He starts crying and stuff. And Marge is like, please, like, what? Or, uh, uh, like, Homer, what about doggy heaven? And he's like, I made it up. And the kids like gasp, and he's like, "Or to put it another, or like he's like, no such thing." And he's like, "Or to put it another way, there is." And Bart is is you know determined. He's going to find that dog. And Homer says, "And I'll be right here watching TV." And finally, Burns breaks Santa's little helper. He, uh, uh, Santa's little helper snaps and starts attacking uh, 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 Burns, who has this big suit on, and he's like, excellent. Across the street from Burns, we have uh, Bart, who's at Kent Brockman's mansion. And he's like, sir, I've lost my dog. And Kent Brockman's like, oh, let me guess. You want me to buy you a new one? He's like, you know, ever since I hit the lottery, you know, everyone wants a piece of Kent Brockman. And Bart's like, uh, sorry, sir. And a butler comes in from behind. And he's like, sir, your llama just bit Ted Kennedy. And he's like, good. Is that a reference to something? I don't know. Shout out to everyone in our Discord. If you're not already a member, go to uh, gamesillamedia.com. Jump into our uh, Discord. There's a link there. And uh, let us know, because I don't know what that's in reference to. Burns is getting his longevity treatment. And Smithers comes in, and he's like, Sir, there's a little boy who's lost his dog. And Burns is like, release the hounds. And uh, it's pretty horrifying. Uh, The dog's round the corner. Santa's little helper is the first one who catches Bart at the front door, and he's like, you know, chasing down Bart, and Bart's like, Santa's little helper, and then the dog starts growling, and he's like, ah, and then he starts running, and as we, I, uh, you know, have Bart running to the the like the the fence line or whatever, I, uh, he tells him he loves him, and as the dog pounces on him to rip out his poor little boy throat, I love this scene. Because we get flashbacks? And I hate this scene. (laughs) Yes. So we get a bunch of flashbacks of moments that are happy between Bart and Santa's little helper. Mostly from Bart's dog gets an F. Yeah, mostly from there. A few original uh, as well. But they repeat themselves like three times Mm -hmm. because we don't have enough footage of the dog yet. I I, I think it's a touching (laughs) scene, but man, they could have just faked some of them and drawn some, but they were lazy. All they really had to do was just, yeah, like have something where it's like the the two of them like hugging or something or, you know, they, they could have totally done something. They could have done like him doing a prank on Skinner and the dog being part of it. Right, right. And the dog has a change of heart and, you know, licks Bart on the face. And as the rest of the, the like Rottweilers or whatever, you know, hunt down Bart and they surround them, Santa's a little helper lets everyone know that he is the alpha. 
In the well, short time he, well, he, he arrived. He lets him know that he's in charge. There's no such thing as an alpha. Oh, really? Yeah, the scientist who had the theory of alphas actually spent his entire life, after realizing that theory is crap, trying to pr- prove to people that it wasn't real. Really? Yes. There is no such thing as an alpha. What there is is families. Families look after themselves in a pack. Oh. So, Santa's little helper lets the other dogs know that he's the boss. <laughs> and that he's going to rip their throats out if he goes after Bart. He's got the dandy pants. He does. And thus, Santa's little helper saves the day. Back at home, uh, Homer's like, I want to pet the dog. And they're like, well, you just got done petting him. And he's like, and like Marge is like, what about petting the cat? And he's like, the cat? What's the point? <laughs> the screen cuts out. And uh, uh, out, it's showing the, the house, you know, of the Simpsons. And a message flashes by that says, No dogs were harmed in the filming of this episode. A cat got sick and somebody shot a duck. But that's it. <laughs> Who shot a duck? <laughs> I don't know. And it's, it's, it's during the filming of the episode. So it's somebody who works on it. It's such a weird Rick, joke. Richard Sky, did you shoot a duck? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean. What would you say is the lasting impact of Dog of Death? Because to me, it's the fact that the Simpsons have to cut costs for a family member. Yeah, oh yeah, it's cutting costs for a family member. I want to say that the lasting impact is how great the lottery scene is, because that is <laughs> that is some of my favorite Simpsons of all time. But realistically, it is them cutting costs. Yeah, it, the the lottery stuff is, is pretty fun, but but yeah, it, it it that's I think the lasting impact of the episode. That's the biggest thing of it. I feel like the lottery scenes play like a season five episode where everything like segues off of every other part and makes the joke keep going. Uh huh. Like they watch the commercial and it immediately leads into them in the bar, which leads to them panicking and going to the store. They did a very good job with the jokes in that part. And I think that's probably why the next part of the episode uh, falls flat because, you know, it's sort of like it kind of meanders a bit. The dog goes out on a journey and the family's kind of sad and, and like they all link up, but it doesn't feel like it flows as well as it does at the start. Yeah, that flow, they haven't perfected it yet, but when they do, like last exit to Springfield, they're going to perfect it. Yes, I, I think by season four, we're going to see that like The Simpsons is going to hit its high point. And, and, and I mean, I'm not going to say that that's like in a downhill after that, like five and six are still very, very good. But yeah, season four is when it really hits its stride. Yeah. Season three is still very good. This is still a fun episode. Uh, and the first part is very good. But uh, Sean, what are what is your favorite quote of the episode? So my favorite quote of the episode is after the lottery scene, after they find out they didn't win. Grandpa says, yeah, I knew we wouldn't win. And Homer's pissed off. And he goes, well, why didn't you tell the rest of us? Why'd you keep it a secret? And he looks over at Bart and says, if you were 17, we'd be rich. But no, you had to be 10. So much venom in his voice. What's your favorite line? My favorite, by far, and maybe one of my favorite interactions in the entire series, is Homer imagining what he's going to do with his money. And it cuts to the power plant. And Lenny looks up, and you don't see Homer. And he goes, hey, Homer, what'd you do? Get a haircut or something? And Homer is made of solid gold, and he's enormous. And he's like, look closer, Lenny. Oh, I know what it is. You're the biggest man in the world now, and you're covered in gold. 14 karat gold. Cuts to Burns' office. Take a hike, boss. I'm running things now. All hail King Homer. Ha 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 